Welcome to Redefining You Podcast. This is a safe space where we are inspiring and encouraging others to intentionally redefine themselves. So, episode four. Episode four. Episode three, though. Dope. Muffin cat blown back, glue your lace front down, ladies. Like, catch your edges because they running, slipping, falling. But episode four, though. Hi, my name is Hope. Like redefining ourselves and reintroducing yourself. This is like the portion of the journey where this is where it counted to me the most. This is where the previous work was like the backstory of this is what led me to this point. This is the pinnacle. That's the word I want to use. This is the pinnacle of the journey because it was either up or down during this portion. It was a lot of downs. Then it was some valleys. Then it was some. The path was not straight because we had to dig it out during this season. So when I think about it and reintroducing yourself, first thing that comes to mind is the question of who are you. So that's such a good question because I remember when we were asked that question. How did that? And we go. That was a mess. Yeah, we were a mess. We connected the dots. And we realized we were supposed to be here with you telling you about how much we were a mess to help everybody now. Just That's why we're so transparent. Because we walked through it already. Yeah. Won't he do it? Well, he won't do it. Well, he won't. <laughs> I don't think, I, I don't know if that's the same, but I always say that. I really don't know where I got that. I think this is a backwards mess I made up, but won't he do it? And I was like, ooh. Willie won't. I don't know. I'm, but I'm from South Carolina, y'all. I'm sorry. But we're here. We're here. We made it. Yes. Lord. To the other side. So let me ask. Let me let me show y'all an example of the growth. Brittany S. Wright. Who are you? I am my father's child. First and foremost. First and foremost, I am my father's child. I am I was about to use some words that go with my father, because I am Christ-like. I am valuable. I am worthy. I am accepting. I am nurturing. I can keep going. Oh, okay. But I, I was all like into it. I was like all calm, but ooh. I, I am peace. I am a safe space. I am lovable. I can keep going. However, I am defined. I am what I have defined myself as and what God defines me as. And when I say that, it's not based off of the things that I do as far as roles. It's not based off of just what I may provide. But first, all the things I am to me. I love that. So I am nurturing for myself. When I'm overwhelmed or, no, I don't want to use overwhelmed because not, not say I really, I get there a whole lot. But when I feel like I have a lot going on, I know to say, mm, girlfriend, we got to take a break. So you got some things happening. We need to provide a safe space for yourself. I do provide safe spaces for other people, but first, what I am for me is what I am. Yeah. I am peace. I'm peace for me. I provide an environment of peace for me. What are you? That's so good. Pause. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just, I get caught in it just thinking of where we've come in it. So how far we've come in this, so. You're grateful and you're proud as you deserve to be. Like you put that work in and you should be all that you are because you did the work. And just to piggyback on what you said, I don't know if you guys caught episode three, but right just now, Brittany gave the best vivid live example 
of emotions are your indicators, not your narratives. Because she said, when I am overwhelmed, but hold on, I don't like to say that I'm overwhelmed. When I feel like I have a lot going on, because you feel like a lot is going on, but then I come back because your behavior unhealed, unwhole, or unhealed, not whole, not healthy, right. not balanced, or imbalanced is the word. We would say, I feel overwhelmed and therefore I'm shutting down. You said as a whole human being and a healthy child of God, you said, I, when I feel overwhelmed, I am peace. I am nurturing to myself. I take a moment to take care of myself. You gave the actions behind it. Like, that's so good, y'all. Y'all, my sis is, I know a lot of people don't know. I'm the older sister. Somehow, she is. She, but God just wanted me to be there first. However, she is my safe space, and I'm grateful, and I give God all the glory to it because it's beautiful to see where you are now, and I'm watching you live out loud and thrive in a whole nother space Aww. than you've ever done, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's the fit of confidence. Head out to Gym Fit. So we are in Gym Fit from top to bottom right now. We are. Pretty much Gym Fit. I was about to say, because I was going to let you just go. Everybody know I have a walking billboard. She I, really is. I can show clothes off your back. She was about to flow. So Gym Fit Apparel, but we call it Gym Fit, is my uh, athleisure brand that I created after having a baby and wanting to get back to me, reintroducing myself to this new mindset I had. And I wanted all women to feel exactly what I felt. At the time, I needed to build my confidence back. You know, after you have a baby, we don't feel like ourselves. And I was like, hey, if I go to the gym or start some kind of workout, if I'm cute, I'm going to keep going. And that's honestly how I got back into my workout routines. And I was cute. I had my little shoes matched. And I was, hey, I got back in and I kept going and I kept going. But not only that, I was comfortable going because I became comfortable in my mind because of what I saw. My behaviors began to change because of my habits, my, because my habits began to change. But not only that, I got this new baby. I need to be comfortable, right? I need things yeah. that fit me and my new hips and breastfeeding and just needing to throw on something really quick with this baby and go. And I wanted to be cute at the same time. So I didn't see a whole lot of that, so I created it myself. And now we're in it. I love it. So definitely check out the website, gymfitapparel.com. We have lots for women. We're moving to men's, and we're also going to be creating children. So we're just growing. I'm excited. I'm glad we got to wear it because we're like comfortable. Oh uh, yeah, cute and comfortable. Listen, let me help y'all out. This is the real me. This is the, I, the identity version of this is me. Comfy, right. chic, hair down, right. like right, big hoops, right, chilling. The fit of confidence, no matter where you are, with who, how. You want to be cute, you want to be confident in everything that you're doing. So that's what we stand for. I love it. I'm even going to add to that because, and it, so Jim Fit is sponsoring this episode, obviously. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are sponsoring. <laughs> but I do want to add one other piece in there, which is, ladies, what sizes does Jim Fit range from? I should definitely have added that yep, small I got you. to 3XL. So we have sizes for everybody. That part. So that's one of the things that I definitely wanted to add yeah. in there so that others will know like no matter what size you are like you cover majority of the masses in sizes so 
that's such a beautiful thing. I love GemFit. Everybody knows. Literally, I was on a Zoom call 5.30 this morning and was asked about my outfit. And literally, first thing, I'm here's the website, shop GemFit Apparel, at on social media, like you can find it. It is luxe level athleisure clothes. There's lining on the, like y'all listen, I can't freeze on it. I'm comfortable. I like to I've literally self-care days. Huh. I'm sorry, clients. At least I'm going to be cute when I'm out. I'm not going to be in a standard uh, workout outfit, you know, crop top or whatever. And if I am, even in, with gym fit, sometimes we got the small, we got the crop top jackets. We have the sweatshirts. Like she has the sweatshirts and stuff that I can put over it. I am cute when I'm out. So she is. And she's not just saying that because she's my sister. Let me just go ahead and no. say that. She literally wears gym fit everywhere. Yes. I'll get you her nails done, her hair done. I'm like, on self care day, I am a walking billboard. That's yeah. my go to. Yeah. I have I have identified gym fit as a part of my self care routine yeah. at this point because I just do. I feel so good. The bands on the pants yeah. hold me so like they all the gloat and what I mean not gloat bloat and whatever I was feeling. Like from whatever I ate last night or whatever, just gotcha. to suck it. Listen, gotcha. all the way back up. And that's what we—that's what I pushed for. I wanted to create something that was always going to make women feel like they're their best selves, even if you're bloated, even if something else is going on. After you have a baby, we don't feel like ourselves. That—that's a different you at that Ooh. time. So I wanted all women to always feel comfortable and confident in whatever they were wearing, no matter where they were going. Shout out Jimmy. Shout out Jimmy. we got a whole ad. That's right. <laughs> now, but one thing, uh, and speaking of, let's segue that into the values portion, right? Mm -hmm. Because I love what you did. When I asked you who you are, you did not go straight into I am be the CEO, owner of Jim Fit, founder and owner of Jim Fit. I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister. I'm... No, you went straight into values. You went straight into considerably like attributes and beliefs, a belief system of yourself. Right. So I absolutely love that. Now you asked me, who, who am I? Who is Noel? Yeah. So I am a woman of God. I am rooted in the word of God. I am God's wife and he is my husband's man. Y'all always hear me say that because that's a whole revelation for me. I am powerful. I am the voice for many. I am loving. I am really, I represent reciprocity in the flesh. I am disciplined. I am dependable. There's so much. I am peaceful. I am joyful. I am all encompassing of believing beyond the natural. Absolutely. Like, I'm a lot. That's what I said. Say that. I know. And it's so funny because people used to say that about me and I used to take it, I used to internalize it like yeah. that hurt a little. That just means that, like I'm a lot and it's like it's too much for other people to yeah. for them. No longer. I'm a lot now. It's like I am all these things. God has favored me so much that I am all I believe that I am worthy of all of these things. Yeah. I am more than enough. Yeah. Because he says I'm more than enough. Yeah. He's Jehovah Jireh and through that, if I see myself and made in the likeness of him, then I am more than enough. And I walk with my head high. I am confident beyond this world of confidence. So, all of these things. So what you just heard from us was 
us describing core values. So core values are very different than the roles that you play in the world, in society. Core values to us in our journey to healing and wholeness and balance to harmony. Core values was, like I said, it's like the pinnacle point where we realized that we had to redefine ourselves and our beliefs in ourselves and the beliefs that we believed about ourselves and the beliefs that we said about ourselves in order for us to identify who we are yeah. to be able to get to the step of understanding and embracing and accepting our identity. That's what the core values did for us. Absolutely. So it took us a minute because it honestly, like, it was, I remember the exercise. I it was a list of things. And it was like, pick your top six or something like that. Top six. Pick your top six. And boy, I struggled. I definitely struggled. I struggled. It didn't feel natural because we're so used to labels as roles. Yep. Yep. We thought our roles and labels were our identity. Yeah. And I remember that time, that call, that session where it was like, who are you? And I bawled crying. And I was just like, I couldn't even get out of that mess because I could barely even get out. I was a mom and a realtor. Like, I couldn't even get that out. But it was, God, it was so defying to get to the point where you could put down a top six. And when I say I struggled, like, I think I like added two on there because I was like, I remember somebody said this about me before. And then now I'm able to go back and change those to be able, you know what I'm saying? I was able to change them and like just now I'm able to just literally rattle off. Yeah. I weigh more than six things. Right. I'm a lot because I'm more than enough. But that's where it was leading us to. It was leading us to this place where we were able to identify with ourselves and accept ourselves to be able to say, I am more than enough. I am content with me. I am safe with me first. I love me. Love that's, oh God. So, core values, right? Takes you back to that place, huh? God, it yeah. is, it's not tears yet because I'm excited to right. know that I can, I know who I am. Like, core values drive behavior and they form your beliefs. How, I guess for me, I'd like to talk about like, how does core values play out in your personal life? Like, in, in your life? So, I'll just use the example of acceptance and I de I developed acceptance as one of my core values because at one point my triggers from not being enough but I also realized I just like to accept people for who they are and so with accepting people for who they are first let me back up accepting me for who I am first once I accepted who I am then I said, I always want to be accepted for who I am. Therefore, I must accept others for who they are. Once I began to do that, then I got to dictate whether I accepted the behavior or the things that came with them in my life. So now I determine what comes in and what comes out based off of whatever is it, what's presented in front of me. I know we talked about this in episode three, peace, putting up boundaries, right? Yeah. So yeah. all of the core values protect this peace, right? Those are my boundaries. My boundaries protect this peace because ultimately peace yes. is what I desire and what I would like to keep and that helps me continue to write my narrative and do all the things I'm supposed to do. Yep. That's how I operate best as me and in my gifts. It allows you to flourish in those 
core values that you have, right. they are at their highest version and level. Absolutely. All of them work together to make up this whole Absolutely. being and this healthy and this balanced and this being, this, yeah, whole, wholeness, right. like the wholeness part right. of you. Like, Absolutely. Minus that, you're not as creative. You're not as inspired. I can't be motivational. I can't be confident because that's what peace is the ultimate thing that drives all of it. It's right. the protection piece that just is... It allows you, it's a balance piece that right. allows you to be all of these things and operate and be flawless, thrive in them rather than survive. Absolutely. So therefore, with that piece, I use these values to protect all of that. So yeah, I'm accepting of exactly who people are. It's up to me now to dictate, do I accept that in my life or do I not accept that in my life? And once I dictate, that's how I maneuver through life. So that's just a quick example of that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love what you said about like the boundaries portion of it. I want to I wanna dig a little bit deeper into that. So, Y'all, we are coming up against everything in culture, in, ca in case y'all can't tell. We are right. redefining not only ourselves, but how we show up in the real in the world. Therefore, the rest of the world, because we have the power and the dominion over it, yeah. the rest of the world must shift. So as you, you will see this, as you get on this healing journey and as you redefine yourself, people yeah. around you begin to have these shifts, right? So what I mean by that is the world tells us that we need to have boundaries and like we set these boundaries up to keep people out to keep them away from us to keep that it's a it's a wall of protection to keep other things away how I, we our journey exposed to us that the necessity for boundaries is to protect the internal piece of us the belief system and right. the core values that we believe that we were right so if I am, if we, let's say that, if we both say we are peace, okay? So we both say we are peace, then whenever the family calls and says, hey, I need you come do a task that you know is going to disrupt your day and what you already had planned to do, then we come up, then in that moment is a chance for us to determine whether we're gonna operate out of our true self, which is peace, or we're gonna step into confusion and chaos by choosing to please some other people. So it isn't necessarily keeping the people out, it's just choosing to set a boundary to say, no, I already have a full schedule, so my no is not no, I'm not there for you and I'm not dependable for you. It's no because it will pull me from my peaceful place, right. which is I already have these things aligned for this for today. I need to say no in this moment because I'm unable to get to this place right now for you. But if you had something else on another day or whatever, I would be able to accommodate that better for you. Right. It's just not today, deal. So that denotes denotes people pleasing, just like you said earlier. Absolutely. We struggle with people pleasing because of abandonment, rejection, and childhood trauma. This is what the core values helped us identify. It's yeah. like how do I protect this piece that I need? Yeah. How do I another boundary example could be I am powerful. Ooh, that's a good one. Because I thrive off of power and being powerful. So for me, I can't do what others can do. 
I can't go and hang out all night because that's going to throw me off of my game for tomorrow mm -hmm. because in tomorrow, in the next day, I am a leader. I am a team lead. I am a, the roles that I play, I'm a team lead. I am an owner of a daycare facility. I need to show up my best self, balanced self, to be able to fulfill those roles. I need to right. take a balanced version of me to be able to fulfill those roles properly or I lose, if they see me not in my best thing, I lose the power to be able to dictate and move and be able to delegate and facilitate all the operations that I'm a part of. The boundaries for me is I can't operate the way that I, everybody else does. I need to go, I have to be disciplined. I have to go to bed early. I cannot go out and take everybody's invitation to go out. I can't over drink and completely have a hangover the next kind of deal. I'm not likely to stay outside. I stay outside of my house. I like to be in my head. My bed is peace. That's my peace palace. So those are kind of boundaries that I set. It's nothing personal to anybody else. It's yeah. just protecting me so that I can operate in my best version of myself. That's another one. Yes. It's just so more. There's like so many. There's so many. Core values and relationships. Reciprocity is huge. When it comes down, and I'm not just talking about, I'll get into reciprocity in actual, like, romantic relationships, but reciprocity in, in any ship, any, any situation ship, any ship, personal, professional relationship, like, even as a realtor. Like, I, as a realtor, I believe in reciprocity so much that. To me, negotiating is the meeting, meeting of the minds. That means that a meeting of the minds means that the parties come together. As a realtor, even though I'm a Noel the negotiator, I love negotiating and I'm great at it. How my way into negotiation, the, my skill set that brings me the power of the negotiation is I come in with the reciprocal mindset. My mindset is what does your party need so that I can present it and come to meet at my party and try to help my party get to the middle, somewhere in middle ground for what the, your party needs. But I try to bring both parties together so that both sides, the buy side and the sell side, will walk away feeling like they both got something out of it. Reciprocity. They both feel like they feel, and they don't have to be, it's not always equal, but they both feel like it was worth them, yeah. one selling and giving up a property and one purchasing a property, reciprocity. So I, when I approach the other agents, it isn't, I'm, I never go off to the other agents in a way of I'm better than you or my experience is better than you. That ain't even my job. I'm here to negotiate. I'm the middleman. So my job is to help both sides get to this middle piece. And when I got into real estate at first, it was always coming up against my core values. Always. I was challenged on experience. I was challenged on all these things. And I really had to sit and pray on those things because I was like, Lord, I know I'm called to do this. And I'm great at it. Yeah. Like, I'm gifted at this because yeah. it came from above. Kind of I'm in this as a calling. And it's a part of my purpose. And so... God just had to reveal to me when we went through the core values and identifying those things and attaching them to an identity. That's what helped me realize this is a part of my everyday life, like yeah. all the way down to everything. I'm taking care of me the best way that I can take care of me so yeah. that I can be the best version of me. It's always give and a take. Yeah. I'm disciplined and giving up on these things because I want to give off this. I want to give my best version. So... 
reciprocity is like huge in romantic relationships. Whoa, it's just one of those things. Where Most people don't be. even understand reciprocity. Let's be real. Though. Oh yeah, because we usually have a lot of givers with a lot of takers. You rarely get with somebody who's a giver and a giver. Right. However, you can teach people how to treat you. There you go. And you can tell them how to treat you. In reciprocity, there has to be some kind of communication. It has to be spoken. It can't be expected. There you go. You, we would think it should be. There you go. Listen, you, we would think how, not all the time that it has to be spoken, but def, I think in, it seems more in romantic relationships that, it has, that we're talking about it more because let's just be real, dating is not dating anymore. Oh, no. It's mm -hmm. definitely different. But I love that you brought that up about reciprocity because we have some people out here now that just know this is what's supposed to be done Yeah, for me. Right. But you're supposed to give somebody back something too. I didn't t like just because. Yeah. I'm trying to use my words correctly of how I want to say this, but. Yeah. Unconditional. And I've actually dated someone who challenged me on that. You think everything is a give and a take kind of deal. Like you, you're expecting something back. And I'm like, it's unconditional love. Reciprocity in me is the best way that I know that the relationship will be balanced. We will be supporting one another unconditionally. Yeah. So maybe reciprocity is the condition. Yeah. That was the best way I could answer that. But for me, it even goes deep into the relationship because in, into my romantic relationship, it holds the biggest part of the capacity to me because it's my love language. My love language is acts of service. And I didn't realize all y'all people out here operating out of these other love languages. <laughs> it didn't even make sense to me. I was like, why do they need words of affirmation? What the words going to do? Granted, I feel like there's a blend of love languages. Like right. everybody kind of shares, you have multiple of them kind of right. deal. You can figure out how to balance them all to work together for you. But mine is strong. I remember taking that quiz. Shout out to Gary Chapman in his book, Five Love Languages. Absolutely. A lot of people have read it. Yes. Definitely a big seller, best seller. So for me, acts of service is that was like the aha moment in the core value seeking and searching and identifying space because I was like that's what reciprocity means and Brittany she can tell y'all I'm gonna be here's my transparent moment I couldn't even say the word y'all I had to listen you to you to go listen to Lauren Hill song yeah <laughs> y'all I like when I say on repeat and then I had to try to figure out how to pause it and rewind it back just enough in Spotify let me let her say it again because it's it's reset reps Okay, let me not look at the word. Because she breaks it down. Yes. She don't say it together. She breaks it she down. Breaks it I don't down. think people knew that was one word. There you go. I don't think people know what that means, really. I really don't. No. This could literally be an episode off of reciprocity. That part. And we just, just re we need to redefine this episode as reciprocity. But it encompasses so much out of things. It's the balancing piece. Like, it, it is give and take equals balance. But that's part of your identity. That's part of your identity. That and that's why I think a lot of people, when you see me, you meet me, you know me, you'll be like, she's so balanced. Like, how does she operate life at that level that she operates? And it's just because every facet of my life, I give something in order to receive or take something back to show up better. And so it's my love language, acts of service, AKA, and I'm simplistic with the acts of service too. I'm one of those people, I, for me, the acts of service, take something off my to-do list. Take a task away from me. Yeah. Wash the dishes and I promise you, we're gonna have a good night. Like point blank period, when I was in the world. I'm not in the world, of the world anymore. I'm above the world right now. But 
just to say take the clothes out of the washing machine and put them in the dryer that to me reciprocates love i receive that as love from a person and i know when my romantic relationship is imbalanced because i overperform because i'm trying to receive love the way that i need to receive it i'm trying to excuse me i'm trying to give love the way that i wish that i was being it was being received in that moment so i will overperform i will do all of the tasks and more i will do all of the household chores and cut the grass kind of deal i won't but that's why my boundary is cutting grass but it's just example but that's what i'm saying like reciprocity became everything to me in my in when i identified it as a core value i had to do self-reflection and mm -hmm. internalize it and realize <clears throat> this is actually my identity this is a part of my identity this is who i am to my this is my soul. This is a part of my soul awareness. This is what makes me me. It makes me tick. It makes me talk. And so that's what core values are. They're the belief systems that are in your core. They're the part of your soul. They are what make up your soul. Mm -hmm. They are what make up the identity piece where the, the soul for me, y'all, is deeper than just who you are on the inside of you. Right. Soul to me is the place where spirit flesh, heart, mind, body all come together. Right. Where your soul operates. And that's what the core values are. And so when we use boundaries, we're using boundaries to protect these things, right? And I use the boundary in, rom in romantic relationships. When I find myself getting to the point where I am overperforming or feeling like I need to give love or over give love in order to receive it, we need to have a conversation. That's where the communication comes into play. Because I know that operating in that space, I will no longer have peace. I will get overwhelmed and I will feel burnt out. And then my peace starts to dwindle. And so that's how you keep in balance. That's how you use these core values to get you to the next level, which that's what our core values did for us. They helped us in identity. Absolutely. This whole episode is really supposed to be about identity. But these core values are so good. We had to get y'all to the foundation part where you get a true belief system and you're using not roles but you're using attributes and things that attributes that that help you identify based off of life experiences based off of who god created you to be to, to help you realize who you are to create an identity in you to help you embrace and accept a new identity in you because that's what i think i'm yeah I mean, I think she said a lot, and I was trying to hold on to all the things because we could have gone with reciprocity, okay? Yeah. We could have gone with that because I, I, like, what if you're a giver? And when you're a giver, you're not always looking for reciprocity. And then the fact of what I also heard was love me for me, which means what my love language is and what my values are, love me for that. That goes back into the accepting part. So you, yours is active service, your love language. And, Mine is, could be physical touch, well I have multiple, but physical touch and words of affirmation and what's the third one? I don't know, I don't understand why I can't think of Physical that. touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, okay. receiving gifts. Okay. Just one more. It's on the tip of my tongue because it's mine. Oh, quality time. Quality time. Quality time is, is mine. That's actually number one for me. And then physical touch and then words of affirmation. So that quality time, if you give me quality time, then I feel loved. If you're loving that person the way they want to be, there you go. is that considered reciprocity? Yes. 
But some people, like you said, we're not even thinking of the word reciprocity. Correct. We keep giving other people the love that we want to receive. Yeah. However, if you communicate and say, this is the way I love to be, this is the way I want to be loved, yeah. they communicate what they, how they want to be loved. You have an understanding, and now reciprocity is created. It's flowing. It's flowing. That can happen. In so, there's so much that you said that I could just go off yeah. with. Wait, can I pick it back on something? Yeah. So you said earlier you were like, when you're a giver, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're not seeking reciprocity. What I will say is identify the core value in that. If you're a giver, your core value is generosity. You are a generous person by nature. However, you are a generous person by nature. That makes you full. Like it to get makes you really full. Like you're okay. Okay. So speaking of, that's my mom. If anybody knows my mom, like this woman shops for Christmas gifts. Like I'm sure she has started already now. Shout out to Margie. Yeah. Because everybody got Christmas gifts already. Right? Everybody. She just be hiding them. So that's my mom. My mom is generous. My mom is a giver all the time. And I remember when I was little, I used to think that was like her weakness. Like I was just like. You just so submissive, like you just give, 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 deal. But that's what makes her happy. But see, that's where my love language and her love language were different. Because in my mind, I operate reciprocity was looking at it like you're giving, giving, but what do you what get you in return? Do? But then I had to accept her and say she's giving because that makes her feel loved. But I'm sure that it's a blend and it's a balance of love languages i'm sure that she has a secondary love language that will make that will help enhance how she can receive it back right. you know what i'm saying how she can get it back and that's to me is the reciprocity right. part that's the right. flow part of it because that's what she needs i remember my mom is a giver i would give her gifts like all my entire life i've always i've give my lavish my mom would give y'all i'm talking like yeah, 24 karat gold, all kind of stuff. And I was a teenager. I don't even know why I got this money back. I was a hustler. No, I'm just kidding. I was. But. This is the funny part, though. That part. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it. Okay, exactly. So I'll give her the 24 karat gold. I will buy her the bags. Like, I'm talking the big purses, the luxury purses. Like, all kinds of in my and i learned to give the way that she gave right. which means that the gifts were not just oh i thought you should have this or one time i got a rug y'all for my birthday like a whole area rug i was like this for everybody's feet like what my level of gifts is i want to give you something that touch your heart you know what i'm saying that something i know means something sentimental to you and so i learned that through her and so i would be giving her gifts that i thought were like oh she's gonna love this oh my god i'd be so excited i'm like my daughter i tell everything like but can't wait to give you i can't wait to give you this gift that i brought you she's like what is it da, 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 da. just nuts okay but i was so excited and i would give my mom these gifts and y'all listen to me Clearly, I hope my mic is on. This woman ain't never worn any of it. The jury says, I don't even know if she had this stuff no more. She don't care about none of that. I've never seen her in it. And I use never loosely, but very tightly at the she same time. She don't care about none of that. The purse, I had to ask her the other day, when she had a Walmart bag strapped across her and then the handle was falling off of it. And I was like, where is the bags that I buy? The, I said, Mom, I buy you luxury so that the handles are less likely to start breaking. They won't break like this. They may, the lining may come off. The leather may come off. And she was like, what bags? She don't care about none of that. So I had to learn. That wasn't my mom's love language. Love learn language. love languages. I was like, that's not her love language. That's why she's looking at me like I'm crazy. Because I'm like, you are so ungrateful. 
but it wasn't her love language. And so my mommy's love language is quality time. If I had to say anything, she loves to be in the space with you deal. So yeah, that's, and this ain't even an episode about quality time, but like, it's just the core values it's leading identifiers to everything it leads into who you are and it's okay to be who you are and i encourage everybody to sit down and really find out who you are not your roles who are you if i ask you the question right now if we ask you the question who are you yeah what would you say and a lot of people can't answer that question that's why we had to get we had to get to this and when you do that then you start really finding out who you are. You become the new you because you either, you you write down the good, the bad, and the ugly. I do this, I'm this, and I don't mean that to knock your spirit down. I mean, be for real of what you do. So then now you know how to move forward and create the new you. Mine, like on this journey, I used to say, God, who do I need to become to get to where I'm going? Ooh, yeah, she did. She says that all the time. All the time. Every time we're in a transition, you remind us of that. And I'm like, ooh, that's good. Right. Reminder. I'm in a transition now. (laughs) Yeah, Right. And so it's like, what in me do I need to start getting rid of that can't go with me to the next space, the next dimension, the next whatever it is you have for me, to ultimately who you're calling me to be, ultimately walking into my purpose completely i made structure is a big thing of mine because i like to just flow i'm a creator i'm a visionary so my structure doesn't look like everybody else's structure however with that i had to start to learn what my structure looked like okay she time box that ain't me however i tried it just to see that's not me but i had to i once again when you start identifying your values who you really are of Okay, let me accept what I am. I flow this way and I flow that way. That's how I create. Okay, so what does my structure need to look like for me to flow and create? There has to be something that kind of balances out everything so things get done. However, I don't have to be so task-oriented because that's not me. That takes me out of my creative space. That's who I am. Accepting who she is. Because I know when it's a time thing or things need to be done, Hey, Noelle, I got this for you because you're going to keep us on task for this. So not only am I accepting that has now become one of my values, but I also know I have to be in this certain space to create. That's me. Yeah. That's how I create Be the CEO. That's how I create GymFit, being in in that space. But that's me. Yeah. If I didn't sit down and really say, what are these things? How do I, I know God's calling me to do all these other huge things. Yeah. He never said I had to change who I was to get there. There may be some things I have to take out that won't help me get there. I may have to take procrastination out. Gotta evict it. Gotta evict because that won't help me get there. But he said, I gave you the vision. I gave you the provision. I gave you the vision and the provision for where I'm taking you. So I'm not asking you to change who you are because I already knew who you have, who you are is what is going to create this big thing and make a big impact. I'm asking you to take out the things that aren't part, that aren't from me, that you developed from flesh to get to where you're going. And so that's just part of the identity. A lot of times we don't know identity because we don't know who we are and whose we are. Y'all know I said it all the time. And once I developed that, once I sat down with myself and really developed those core values, right. And really got to really know me, 
life for me changed. I, I Then I started attracting the people who were supposed to be in my life. My environment changed. Everything shifted. And that just changes your world. And you get onto you get in this on this road of this new journey. And that's how redefining you came about. Yes. That's how this episode of identifying your new you. Yeah. That is your new you. Yeah. And we're constantly working on a new you. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen overnight. And you just don't say that way because we're constantly evolving. Because our world is always changing. Things are always changing. So just because you have this one part of you right now in this season, it may not stay in this season. The next season may require for you to boost one thing. I'm obedient. I'm very obedient to God. This season, I was somewhat obedient. The next season, he was like, I'm calling you to be, I'm calling you to another level of obedience. So I had to develop more obedience. I had to add more into that. Still, I'm still exactly who I am. I'm just having to add that. So everything you're talking about yeah, we go from reciprocity, we go from all these different values, but it's ultimately, who are you? They lead to your identity. They lead to your new identity. identity. All right, so, I don't know, I'm going to tangent. Oh, God. Especially when God It's so much that you said, though. Oh, God, I'm trying to, like, process it all to put it back out there and uh, confirm it, and especially, I got to go to the Word. So I, I got two. I got two. Yeah, so, yeah. So remind me, second one is weakness. So first one, first one is... Somewhere between Genesis and Revelation, I'm back. Back in my true form, my identity. Somewhere between Genesis and Revelation, in the book of Isaiah, possibly, it says the old things must pass away. Was that remember? Old things pass away so that the new things... The former things pass away so that we can bring a new. Okay, that's the word. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in that. And we're joking, but we're still serious. Like, in, in, I know somewhere in Isaiah, the that is the word. And the word was that these former things pass away so that you become a new. But it's all through Christ Jesus. Absolutely. And really, honestly, you can look at Ephesians 2.10. It says the same thing. Right. Like, in it, is you become a new in Christ so that you can do the good works and you can actually perform them. Because right. they were prepared for you along. Right. But we got to do them. So that's another one. But in that being said, just like you said, it's the new identity. It's the new version of you. So I love people who are like, new year, new me. And it's no, do you know? The true you. That part. That's why I said write down all. The good, bad, ugly, all those. All of that matters. It all matters. Because we need to really sit with ourselves. Because I remember this season with these core values, we were quiet. We were hurt. Right. We were digging. It was like dig- it was like a well was right. being dug inside of us, and right. it was just like I know I gotta hit water at some point. Something gotta flow, cause this looked dark. This looked dirty. This is hard. This is deep in us because it was going to the core. It was going to the soul to pull these values out. And once we got there, the water was the identity. Right. The living water. There's water. And there's living water. Absolutely. Ooh, God, come on, Holy Spirit, I'm hot. Okay, the water that you would you like the water as your well, or would you like the living water Absolutely. that never runs dry and you can drink of it always? It living always water. flows. Absolutely. We want the living water. The water in it says, "These are my identities. These are my core values. My core values is power. So I'm a powerful person. I can walk around. I can get whatever management job I want." 
I can boss people around. I can be controlled. That's an identity when you in flesh identify yourself. Right. But when you want to dig the well and you want to hit the living water source, it is the constant source, which tells you are not only are you powerful in the flesh, but do you realize the amount of power that you possess in the spirit? Right. Do you know that you can you have dominion over this earth and you can speak to things as we talked about in the last episode right. and you can move mountains? Do you know that you have the power of life and death in your tongue? Absolutely. You it like literally but you can believe beyond this world that you can change situations environments worlds cultures and people in or with just a simple belief that's the level of power that i had to tap into that we had to tap into when we were digging that well because it was the living water it was literally jesus sitting on the well meeting the good samaritan woman this woman identified herself as a divorcee and she was sleeping with another man or with another man that Jesus told her fly that wasn't her husband. But that's that's the ironic part about the word because Bible and biblical aspect, there was no marriage. Like you didn't walk and got married in, in a courthouse or have a ceremony. No, you consummated marriage. She was living with a man deal. But God, Jesus told her, I'm the living water. You thirst for this. But I'm here to quench your thirst. And she challenged him on this, mm-hmm. right? So not to get all into that story, y'all look that up. That is right. somewhere between Genesis and Revelation. Can't pinpoint you on that one. But just to say that when you get to that source and you realize that your identity and you realize why you were created, why you, that's what, when God reveals to you your true identity, you begin to put the pieces together and help understand purpose. Right. A lot of people are searching for purpose. I tell you we're breaking culture norms with these conversations. A lot of people are searching for purpose. The your purpose does not come before you understand who you are and whose you are. Your purpose comes after that. Absolutely. So all the people that are in an identity crisis, let me explain to you what an identity crisis. I can listen with my phone out right now and tell you because the real thing about an identity crisis is it lays out all the attributes and all the things about depression. It's chaos. It is lack of motivation. It is pain. It is hurt. It is sadness all of these things that's the triggers for identity crisis right we go through all of those things think about a person who's searching for don't they typically have all of those attributes all of them or some of them and they're just now seeking to get out like you said it's like a person following just gasping for you trying to try not to fall that's exactly because they're in an identity crisis right because they're searching for purpose but you've missed a step you missed the step. That's why we laid the foundation in this episode with these core values. Mm-hmm. And you can do that. You can dig out a Myers-Briggs test to right. figure out a couple of core values. However, our recommendation is always going to be therapy. However, if that isn't your repertoire, then, you know, you could dig out and find these attributes about yourself. Right. But that challenge you to pray on those attributes and to seek divine intervention on those attributes and those core values so that you can understand how they play in the kingdom. Right. Because that is your purpose. Right. We serve one purpose. Right. And that is to bring to grow the kingdom. It is Absolutely. to bring more people to the kingdom of God and give him the glory for it. So he right. can get the glory out of it. And so when you realize your divine identity, your spiritual identity, the true version of you, your highest identity, then you begin to walk into purpose. He begins to reveal to you, he graces you with purpose. And even before that, you begin to figure out your gifts. Because in identity, you figure out what 
You do so well. You're so good. I was going there. Yeah, I love it. You just I, flow right into it. I'm just I love thinking it. you're like, because it's a real journey. This was yeah. a real journey for us. This is not made up. We really walked through this. Yeah. So the identity, you're looking for that. What do I do so well? And as you do that, you flow right into your purpose. Yeah. Or you start getting led to your purpose. Absolutely. So. You realize how your gifts and talents play out play. into your purpose. That's what I realized, like, from core value of reciprocity led me to realize that is reciprocity to me is a form of balance. Mm -hmm. It is a yin and a yang. When I realized that balance was peace, balance was soul awareness. Right. Balance was the peaceful place where my soul was at its highest version, right? Meaning that my mind, my body, my spirit, and my soul were all operating at its highest self. So yes. I was in balance. I had peace about my so reciprocity was the balance. It is the balance of life. Therefore, how does that trickle down into my purpose? I was gifted at it because it was a core piece of me that was always existing. So when I was in my calling, my marketplace ministry, which is what I do in real estate, I realized that I was gifted. Why, how am I naturally gifted at real estate? Because I served with reciprocity. I always showed up all the way back down to my core value because it was a part of my identity. Yeah. And it made me, it makes me a great realtor. It makes me the top producing agent that I am all the way to how does that look in the kingdom? So that's the next level. Everything we're going to teach you on redefining you is we are not only helping you discover you because that's just rewriting the story. We're right. taking it to the next level, which is redefine even that story. Take right. that story to the next level. And that's where I had to realize with how does reciprocity play out in the kingdom? Yeah, it's where I serve. It's where it's where I desire to serve in in a church in the kingdom in in Christ's church in his body because I know that in doing that serving I'm giving freely because I know that I will receive God's favor in return of expectation you see how your acts of service plays on that yes based off of who you are yeah because see for me I got it completely different all my obedience to God my time with God all this plays back to who you are. Yep. And he already knows. He, this is how he created you. Yep. I'm going to, let me, this is the way I love. Yep. And God's okay with accepting you giving him the way you love. Yep. Because he's going to give it back to you in the same way. Every time. Press down, shake it, and run it over. Every time. Every time. Yep. And, that's a, and we believe that. Core values. It's the belief system that we have. We accept and embrace our identities. Like, it was like, oh, this just makes so much sense to me. And, yeah, guys, it, it's so deep. We could go on and on, on about and on. identity. But, like, in in simplest form that we can explain to you is just how important it is to get to a space, to digging out core values, to figuring out one level of identity and taking it to the next level. Absolutely. He will show you exactly who you are. Oh, that's what, part two. The weakness. Yeah, we, weakness. I thought we were still going on one still. Oh. But two is weakness. Two is weakness. Okay. Two, part two is weakness. My second point I wanted to make was weakness. So you were saying something earlier where you were saying, you were saying like we have to evict all of these things out of us still, right? Yes, there is, there are demonic spirits that we have to evict. There are, there are attributes that right. do not serve us in a season. And then we have to get rid of those, right? Like lack of self-control. Like that lack of self-control diminishes my power. It has to go. It has to go. It has to go, right? And so, therefore, it's evicted. So, therefore, I wanted to say, 
However, there are areas, and the word says in 2 Corinthians, you find it. In 2 Corinthians, the word is, for when I am weak, I, when I am weak, he is strong is a version of it. Or for when I am weak, I am strong. Yeah. To me, what that meant was embracing my weakness. Absolutely. It's got to go with me sometimes. Like, it has to come with me because... It can come with me, but it's not my focus point. It comes along with me, and I'm gonna explain this in another way to help you understand. My weakness comes along with me because when I am weak, that gives God the opportunity for Spirit, Holy Spirit, to take lead and be able to strengthen itself in that area right. so that I can receive abundance. Right. I can receive the whole the part of it. The whole pie. I know I'm on fire today. Because I was just connecting with you to say, I was just about to connect with you with, on the same thing. The spirit is so large. It's so filled in this room. But yeah, that weakness comes with me because it gives God the opportunity to move in a situation. It gives God the opportunity to take up space in your life. That's where your obedience. Let me give you an example. Your obedience is your strength. But your doubt is your weakness. But as much as we want to evict the doubt, it drives. There you go. Mm -hmm. Because really what you're saying is my faith and my fear. My faith is says this, and it may dwindle sometimes, and it may be as small as a mustard seed. <laughs> but can we evict the fear all the time? No. Because the fear is a weakness. Sometimes you need the fear. Because let me say what fear is the fuel of faith. That's why you start hearing whole people now, people of the kingdom, are out here saying... Do it scared. That's what we mean by do it scared. Right. We mean do it faith with works. Do it scared right. with a belief that it's going to be okay because you're giving with the belief that God is with you in it. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you because he's going to come in and where that fear is, he's going to, he's, he is omnipotent. He's going to overcome that fear and let that fear be the same thing. The same thorn in your side is going to be the thing he used right. to drive you to the next level, to push you into purpose, to push you past your fear, to push you into that faith that I believe, that supernatural faith. Right. And that's where your strength comes in. Right. That's where the strength to achieve. That's where the strength to walk in, in abundance. That's right. the strength that you walk in in true identity. That's the light. So let's say this. Let's not take the weakness out. No. Where are you faking the things that just can't go? They, go? they don't serve. They don't serve and they will do nothing for your purpose or the next thing or yep. the next place God's taking you. However, in your weakness, you're absolutely correct. That weakness where God comes and he attaches to it, he said, he says, let's go. That's it. I got this part. That part that you're so worried about, don't worry about that. I got that. I'm your strength in that weakness. But that thing that is strong in you, oh, let's take that and let's Not ride. Let's go. Not with it. When you're in a kingdom, oh, that's so deep because in my kingdom businesses, I don't coach to people's weaknesses. I coach up their strength. Because guess what? Whatever that, whatever person on my team, if a person on my team is weak on social media, right. guess what I can do? Hire somebody else. The second part of the team. We're stronger in numbers automatically. Right. The second person on the team, I right. hire to social media. Don't dwell on your weakness. You may be weak in social media, but you are absolutely strong when it comes to organization and written communication. Right. Why would I coach you to do social media and distract you? Them distractions put you out of your peace 
and your creativity. Remember, peace is the thing that allows progression. Right. Why would I distract you from that when I can get? I can believe God for the other person to come with that strength, and He will provide that person. Right. That's what. Okay. So I got so much because you said that. three things, right? They say in business, right? Hire the people for the things that you can't do. There you go. I know I'm great for that. I know I'm great in my creative moment. Everything else? I literally said this to Kim the other day when we were talking. I said, God, I keep putting all these people around me. They got all this structure, right? I think God's trying to tell me something. Maybe that's the last piece of this. She said, no, he's putting those people around you because that's the thing that you don't do. So he brought these people to do that thing so you can operate best in the thing that you do do. There you go. Strengths. Not only that, I, I forgot the third part. <laughs> because it's, it was so much as you were saying, I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, what were we talking about, Aaliyah? Put my word on it. That weakness, God says, put my word on it. I love it. And I just think about, a, I think about the heart. Once again, guys, y'all know I'm the nurse. But I think about parts of the heart as all these different operating parts, right? And it's the one part that is weaker than the rest. God created us beautifully. Oh, God, I just listen. Beautifully. For the rest to learn how to still work with each other to keep going. How when you replace that part with something that's stronger, let's say that it's a vow for most people, and I know everybody may not get this, but your heart has vows. But that one vow that you may have been born with, it doesn't work well. And we go in and the doctors, the surgeons go in, and they place a different vow that's stronger than the one that you would have ever had. We replace that weak part. So we replace that with God's strength. Yeah. That heart works like it's never worked before because it has this power to wonder. Wonder working power. That wonder working power that's just moving. That heart beats like it's never beat before. It's like a new heart. Because that one little thing where it was weak, God said, I am strong. And now that one little thing that he put it, we put his word on has now changed the heartbeat. It beats powerful now. Before it may have beat, it worked. But now it beats powerful. And you thought that one little weak thing could slow you down. It did to a certain degree. But boy, when you put, God, when you put God's word on it, it changes things. It changes everything. His mighty hand just oh, coming and stirring and, and shifting things around. And it's just, Ooh. do we make room for it? Or are we going to settle for the lowest version of our identity are we going to settle in oh i'm a powerful leader on earth or i have kingdom power i have divine power i have the power to move mountains i have the power to tell my problem to go away absolutely and we forget but okay peter in the boat listen y'all ever hear me tell the story about peter and jesus sitting in the boat with peter listen I'm telling y'all, I'm going to, I'm uh, going to, I don't know where this came from, but one day I'm going to, I'm going to do a, maybe I did it in a podcast, do like my version, of, I'm going to do storytelling in the Bible. I'm going to do my version of storytelling. Is it like, I don't know what they want to call it, like a bonics? I was going Sarah says she wants a, Yeah, she wants an abonics Bible. She wants to write an abonics Bible. I want to do it in storytelling. Like I want, because the way that I read the word, y'all. The way that I read the word, I read the word like it's better than movies, soap operas. Like it's it real. Really is. The Bible is one of the best books you could ever read. It, it, so much it, be happening. It's the best book so much that you happens. can ever read. 
But like when I tell you the revelation hit me about Peter in the boat with Jesus. So first and foremost, Jesus was sitting in the boat with Peter like this, y'all. Like this is what I believe. I believe I that Jesus was sleeping. He was sleeping in his house. I'm sorry, Lord, if you weren't. But this is the Noel's version of the book, okay, of the Bible. Jesus was asleep in the boat in India style. He was at peace. So you got to shalom. You got to get into the peace position, uh -huh. which is in Indian style. That's why I sit like this. I sit okay. with my legs up all the time because I'm like Jesus. So I'm trying to be like him. But so, yeah, he was asleep. And so Peter and I, God forbid, some of my story guy like gas him, but it get to the point. So I don't know if other people was in the boat with him, but I know that Peter was a skilled captain uh -huh. of the boat. He was a skilled captain, like boat driver, and they were all fishermen. And this is that point where Jesus is telling them, take him across because they were going to, I want to say Galilee mm -hmm. kind of thing. They were going across the Jordan River. They were crossing over because the people on this side of the bank were believers. He was going over here. He got to get the others. So he's going after, and that's Jesus' whole mission. People think he comes to talk to the saved. Why? That's a, that's what kills me about modern day church. Like, why are we preaching to the masses of the saved people? God already got their hearts. God already got them. He's just going to convict them till they get right kind of deal. But he got them. It's the other people that are of the world that we need to be saving. So that's what Jesus was doing. He was telling the disciples, like, help him. Peter, lead me across the thing. He's Jesus in human flesh, but he's still God. He's still a God. He's still the God. So he knew the storm was going to come. That's why I think Jesus was playing all this because he was asleep. So he would sleep peacefully through the storm. But yet the crazy part about the whole story is everything is about Peter. Everything is about the part where Jesus wakes. So Peter flips out. They're crossing the thing. A storm comes. Peter flips out, wakes Jesus up. Jesus gets up. The thing is, Jesus, Jesus calms the storm just by speaking to the storm. So it's another moment where the disciples are like, ooh, my God, it's powerful. That's what they did. Yeah. To tell you, I have the best storytelling in the Bible. I tell you, like, it's movies in my mind. So they're all like, oh, my king, you, you stop the storm. What else can you stop? But everybody stopped they, their story there. But the most impactful part of the story was what happened after Jesus stopped this storm. He denounced AKA cuss Peter flat out because he was like, do you not know who you are? Do you not realize the power and the authority that lies within you? That you have. You have. He was like, do you not know who you are? It was Jesus saying, do you not understand your identity? Do you not get, you are the, it's a reason I'm in your boat sleep. If Jesus didn't think he was gonna cross that storm, then why would he have fallen asleep? And first of all, he chose your, your boat. boat. So he knew who you were. Your boat. He knew the power you had. And he went to sleep. And he went to sleep. Because you only go to sleep in a safe space. That part. Right. And he understood your boat. Right. So Jesus denounced him. He right. went off on him because it's like you need to understand right. the power and identity that is within you. This is right. why I need you to understand. Yes, you are a your true your one layer of identity is you're a captain. But when all hell broke loose, right. you forgot that. That's why you need the next level of identity. You need the next level of spiritual divine identity because you need to understand that when all hell breaks loose in the natural, you can tap into another space realm right. where you can be able to speak those things as if they are and you right. can calm your own storm because it's within us. We got the power. We have the dominion. That's from the beginning, from Use creation. It. Use it. But Use you got to know who you are first. That part. You got to know who you are. So. So I thank you guys. I gotta wrap up. Yeah. 
I think we've said enough on identity and we've talked about all the things that you really need to start figuring out who you are truly right now and who you're moving into for that thing that you're moving towards. So get your journal out, write down all of these attributes, good, bad, ugly, right? Those, even those fears, right? Yeah. All those things that can counteract your weaknesses, write those down too, because you put God's word on it. He's going to push and shift some things in your life with your weakness, with your weakness, powering and pushing your strength to a whole nother level. And yeah, we got to evict some of those things that can't go. Oh, yeah. Definitely have to evict some of those. Help. Just work this exercise out. I promise you things will start changing for you. So that's identity. Do the work. Definitely DM us. Email us. I'm B underscore the CEO. That's B-E-E underscore the CEO on Instagram. And I'm showing so with Noel at show the letter N, cell, S-E-L with no L. And that's on all social media platforms. I'm Noel Lawhorn, and that's Brittany Wright. (laughs) So we are here with Redefining You, and that wraps up episode four, which is Reintroduce Yourself. Love, peace, and blessings. (laughs)